Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher bachar banu mikol hamim, venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, noten haTorah. Amen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, may you cause the well of your living waters to flow from our lips, to flow from our hearts, to flow from our thoughts, our speech, and our deeds. And may you grant us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. Well, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to the Get It to the Romans series with Shomerman and Nerya Roke. Uh, we only got through two verses last week, and you know what? That's just fine, because we're in the living word of Hashem and making some connections to ancient uh, writings, even though it's from the first century, but you know, uh, Baruch Hashem. So, Neri Roke, let's light it up, man. That's there. All right, excellent. Should I get dive right in, huh? Dive right in. If you want to connect us back to where we were last week so we can have a little bit of continuity. Of course. Well, he's still opening up his letter, kind of saying some greetings and beginning to kind of um, share, you know, his heart and the gospel. And um, yeah, so I'll read. I believe that we went through primarily just six and seven last week. Uh, I'll kind of read seven again and we'll go into eight. Brain. So we'll start diving in, you know, dissecting. So, to all who are in Rome, um, beloved ones of God, summoned by Hashem's calling to be holy ones, unmerited chen v'chesed Hashem, and shalom Hashem from Elohim, Avenu, and Rebbe, Melech, HaMashiach, Yeshua, uh, Adonai. Uh, first of all, so chapter uh, verse four, eight, first of all, Moadei Ani, my God, I thank my God through Rebbe Melech Hamashiach Yeshua, all of for all of you because of your amuna, your faith and your bittikon is being reported abroad. Bekol haolam, all that is all over the world. Amen. All right, so Toda Rabbah for connecting us back. So uh, last week, before I say that, uh. I hope everyone had a blessed and beautiful Tuba Shavat because, you know, it's the new year for the trees, which is namely those who have been connected to the vine and for the produce of the earth. So hope that's been wonderful. And last week we were in Parsha Beshalak and this week we're in Parsha Yitro. And there's a whole lot going on there. But if you remember last week, we were focusing on the called out ones, the Kriya. Right. And so what we just read in verse seven, we were talking about to all those who have been called out who have responded to the Kriya. And so that's what we were talking about. We're in the wilderness. We're in the clouds of glory. There's all these miraculous things happening. And this week we're going right into Shaul just voicing or writing about his gratitude of the faith that these people have and the news of their faith spreading throughout the world. And what do we have in Parsha Yitro? Well, if you read Pasuk 1, verse 1, uh, which happens in 18.1 of Exodus, it says, Vayishma Yitro, which is Yitro heard all that God had done for Moshe and for Israel, 
And so we have this connection to actually, you know, the, the very first verse we're starting on. And so there's this idea of our faith spreading and the witnessing and things like that. So just wanted to point that out. Um, the other thing that yeah. I'll, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I could piggyback or just kind of add to that the fact that he's thanking primarily these, these obviously new converts um, that he's speaking to. And he's thanking God uh, through Yeshua, Hamashiach, uh, for for them all because of their faith. And so, too, um, like we we heard from Rabbi in his aliyahs uh, yesterday and today, or I guess now it's two days ago, um, and then, yeah, yesterday and then the day before, um, just how Yitro, when he was, when he converted, um, the the Sanhedrin and the elders rejoiced and were gladdened um, at his conversion. And, uh, it's very, you know, in tune with, with here, what we have here is Shaul. He's praising and, and is, uh, highly thankful, um, for these converts that are also just coming into the faith. You know, I know we, we remember uh, Yeshua speaks about how if, if one sinner repents, I know he's talking about like about the Shuva, the Jew, but even even so, um, even more a, a convert um, when they when they turn back um, from their wayward, you know, ways and and turn back to the you know, the overseer of their soul that that angels of Shemaim, angels of heaven, actually rejoice over that one sinner that repents. So just the connections there are really powerful and <laughs> and deep. Amen. And uh, where I was going is that uh, if you look at, there's a commentator, his name is Chizkuni. He's one of my favorite uh, commentators on the Torah portions. And he was talking about what did Yitro hear? And there's things that he heard about for Yisrael and there's things that he heard about for Moshe. So specifically for Yisrael, which includes Moshe, it says that he heard about the crossing of the Yom Suf, which is the Sea of Reeds, and the Egyptians drowning in it during their pursuit. And then it says for Moshe, as far as he's concerned, he heard about Hashem saving him from Paro, which was nearly like impossible. You know, like to think of someone surviving Paro like there was no one in the world. If Paro wanted you dead, you died. There is just literally mission impossible. That's Moshe. And uh, then Yitra also heard that he had become the leader of a great nation, which is interesting because this is just a bunch of shepherds, a bunch of people who were slaves. And not, nonetheless, they were a nation that was taken from a nation who not even a single person could ever escape. So the miraculous nature of that. And finally, it says that he achieved this stature in a place that previously sought to execute him. In other words, the Jewish people wanted to kill him or the Egyptians wanted to kill him. Pyro wanted to kill him. And nonetheless, with all that going on, it's like he's going to be the most great and exalted and esteemed leader of this time. So. Yitro heard a lot, and Shaul is writing to these Lapidim over here in Rome that, man, y'all got some kind of crazy amuna 
that it's spreading across the whole world and it's causing some reactions, some changes, some transformations. So, Baruch Hashem. Let's get inside there. All right. Um, I just felt like I had more to say on that, but, you know, I think that's pretty good. Oh, yes. Keep going. Keep going. There's uh, the key word. By the way, I wanted to key in on tefillot when we get there. Man, yes, we will. Uh, just how he uses both words, amuna and bitikon. So the faith, but even more so, it's a deeper level, you know, the, of bitikon, of, of trust. Right. Which, you you know, you think about trust, again, to bring up, this is probably commonly used as an example, but if you have a chair or a bed or a table or things like that, you have bitakon that those furnishings will do what they're meant to do, like what they were created for. I.e., if you see a chair, you sit in the chair. That's your amuna that you're going to sit in the chair, but your bitakon comes in that you stay in the chair and like you know it's going to hold you up so your amuna and your beta cone work hand in hand with this very solid like i know what it is and i'm doing it and i'm remaining in it which you know when you really talk about that with our faith in hashem i mean it looks so impossible when you are on the outside looking in that the faith that Hashem has called us to, the great Kriya, the great calling, the upper call through Messiah Yeshua that Hashem has called us to strain and press towards, it looks ridiculous. It looks crazy. It's like, you want me to work six days a week and take one day off? By the way, that one day off is like the greatest day in the world for everybody <laughs> to go shopping, to do chores, to like eat out at every single restaurant that has no kosher items on the menu. You know, um, you want me to celebrate all these holidays that have these weird names and it's just like, but these are holy to Hashem. Like Hashem is so enamored with these Yom Tov and not the other Yom Tov. And it's just like, this is what we're called to have Amuna and Bitakon in. And these people over here in Rome, trust me, Rome, just look up Rome in the first century. Okay. Get a, pic, get a picture of that and then see these people that stepped outside of time, stepped outside of their culture, stepped outside of their comfortable space and said, you know what? Everybody can go celebrate this Roman festival that's going to this Greek God, but I'm going to be over here in synagogue and I'm going to study some Torah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out and witness to people by living a Shomer life. Okay, emphasis on the witness is how we live, not what we say. So there you got people in Rome that are doing that. Like, number one, you might get shot with an arrow because they didn't have guns yet. And then you might get a little bit ridiculed. I'm just saying. Right. You know, so the fact that these people here, these Lapidim, the fact that we have a moon and a shem and a crooked and depraved nation and generation shining as lights in the stars or as lights in the nighttime sky, like the stars in the nighttime sky. I mean, that's a, a huge, huge thing. So this verse is keying in on all of that. Okay. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. It's this. Yeah. 
powerful. That's good. Yeah, I think it reminds, reminds me of the fact when I was listening to one rabbi, um, he was talking about how Judaism, we don't just, we don't believe, we don't simply just only believe in God. Obviously we do that, but it's way more than that. We we know, we know we're to know Hashem, we're to know God, not just believe in Him, but to know mm. with certainty. So it's like uh, Bittikon, you know, we know with certainty. We don't question, you know, once we sit on the chair, whether or not it will finally collapse or collapse in a few minutes or whatever it be. It's just, um, it's definitely beyond just belief, so that's good. All right. Oh, um, Sika, one more thing, one more thing. Because we're talking about the level of Yitro for a second, that Yitro is called the priest of Midian. And with that title, that um, Midian is not a, a very, very clean and immoral place. So the fact that he's in a high level in that area and the fact that he used to be there uh the sages say that he pretty much had experience with every single god every every single religion every single faith that a person could possibly have and he left all of that to come to hashem so we're not talking about just some average joe or some average yosef here <laughs> we're talking about yitro who's like He's been through everything you could possibly imagine as far as wickedness and depravity. And so from that, you have such a person convert, become a new creation. And by the way, again, look at Rome. Rome is of that same stature as what uh, what a Midian would be, what uh, a Moabite would be, and things like that. It's just not good. And to come out of something like that, it just shows the power of Hashem. So, okay. I promise I won't interrupt anymore. Moving on. <laughs> All right, on to verse 9. For dear Oybersheter is my Yedus, that is, my God is my witness, whom I serve with my Neshama in the Besoras Hagulin, uh, sorry, Hagula of the Zun Van Der Oybersheter of Hashem. How when I daven, I constantly mention you in my Tfilos. Ah, man. All right, I'm going to let you go first this time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I just want to comment on my Yadus, if I'm saying it right. My God is my witness. King. Um, and I think that there's a strong emphasis in that within within Judaism, which is a blessing and beautiful and amazing. Your eyes are open to the fact that Hashem is in our presence at all times, that he's ever-present. Um as David speaks about, you know, where can I go and, and you were not there? I can go up to the heavens and you were there. I can go down to the depths. I can, in Sheol, you were there. Um, and just the fact that we live before God at every moment, at every time, and every hour. And uh, we, everything in secret or outwardly in public, we even pray, you know, that uh, we would conduct ourselves um, just as godly in private as well as publicly. And that... Uh, we always know that God is our witness, you know, um, and the one who will testify uh, for us in court um, before the great, you know, throne when we are judged. Um, and obviously, He knows everything, so the good and the bad. Um, but just that concept and that reality and that awareness is uh, definitely brings godliness. Definitely brings shalom to the home. Um, definitely brings. A sense of uh, a cod unit, you know, unit unity and oneness um, with Hashem, and 
we'll just leave it at that for now. But that yeah, is powerful. What he says. I mean, uh, and the next thing too about uh, the adduce. Uh, adduce is how you would say it, or adduce uh, is the Ashkenazi way to pronounce that word. So the Sephardi way is edut. Uh, so the key of that is when we say the Shema, the great declaration of our Imuna and Hashem. Uh, Here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. When we say that bracha, uh, you notice that there are two letters in the Ivrit that are enlarged. And it is the ayin and it is the dalit, which makes the word aid, which means witness. So a witness would have an edut. So an aid would have an edut. And so when you talk about how Hashem is constantly watching us, he's constantly our witness Hashem has also called us to constantly be his witness, which is what the Shema is all about. The Shema is about returning ourselves to Hashem with words, okay? Like the whole Hosea chapter 14, when he says, take words with you and return to Hashem. When you say the Shema, that's what that is. You're binding yourself up as a living sacrifice. And you're saying, you know what, Hashem? You've been watching me and I haven't been watching you. So I return my focus to you. And I and you know, I, I always say I believe, but I mean it's it's a it's a real thing, you know, uh that Hebrews, the writer in the Hebrews, he says that we're to constantly fix and focus our eyes upon the author perfecter and finisher of our Imuna. And when you do that, that is the essence of the Shema. So loving Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength with all of your ability, with all your resources, okay? That is an edut. The next thing is when we look at the word tefilos. So tefilos is the plural of tefila. So tefila, I am reading right now from the art scroll, the men's complete art scroll, Sidur. And I'm in the preface on uh, an overview where it says prayer, a timeless need, and uh, specifically on page 13, which is Roman numeral XIII, okay? So when you look at that, halfway down the page, it says this, tefillah is a word that gives us an insight into Torah's concept of prayer. Because, see, we like to say, you know what, I'm sorry you're going through things. I'll pray for you or, you know, I'll be sure to keep that in prayer. And you see, obviously, Shaul here saying, you know, how I constantly think of you in my prayers. But Torah has a concept of prayer. And when we are saying these different statements and phrases, we have to keep in mind the Torah concept of how we're going to do that. Because that's that's just how you do it. Because Torah is called the way, the truth, and the life. So, you know, uh, it says the root of tefillah is palel, which is to judge, to differentiate, to clarify, to decide. And it says in life, we constantly sort out evidence from rumor, valid options from wild speculation and fact from fantasy okay so again your tefillah is actually connected to your adus is actually connected to your witness your prayer and your witness actually work together 
Imagine that. <laughs> so it says the exercise of such judgment is called. Uh, let's see, it is called pelila. So pelila is that exercise of judgment, that distinguishing feature. And then it says that. Oh my goodness. A logical extension of palel is related to the root word pela. Shouts out to Ish Pela, who is now a new Abba. Him and his Kala Tirza. They have a wonderful baby boy. So, Mazalto. Um, but anyway, back to Pela. So, Pela says, meaning a clear separation between two things. So, I just love how when we're in prayer, and we're going through a sedur. Hashem is helping us like a paraclete or a Ruach HaKodesh advocate, teacher, helper in the way. That that's what's happening when we're using our sedur and we're davening Shakari, Minka, Ma'ariv. So I don't know about y'all, but that just makes me like want to throw everything in the room right now because... How 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 gracious Hashem is to work through the the men of the great assembly to say, hey, you know what? It would be a great idea to unify the Jewish people for ages to come by praying the same brakot during the same time periods of the day in remembrance of the temple service. And to also stay echad, whether we're in the redemption or whether we're in exile. And so when we're reading our Siddur, these ancient prayers that are chocked full of verses from Tanakh, verses from just different uh, oral writings, oral Torah. I mean, that's absolutely incredible that Hashem is like, I want you to pray, but here's how I want you to do it. Oh snap! Did I? Did we just really come across Hashem teach us how to pray? Yeshua teach us how to pray. Yochanan's disciples have been taught by Yochanan how to pray. So Mashiach Yeshua, could you teach us your disciples how to pray? And he says, Yeah, sure. Just like we do from our Reeve. You know, our Father who is in heaven, bring unity to your name. Because, you know, that's in the Ma'ariv prayer, right? And that's in the uh, Bedtime Shema as well. So, anyway, Tefillah. Boom. Verse wow. 9. <laughs> when I'm silent, is. I can't. I'm just still trying to grapple with <laughs> everything that was just brought down there. Um, wow. I know we say, is it in the, uh it said Erev. Mm-hmm. Well, no, let's see here. Is it an Erev? We say... That we'd pray in a fitting and proper way. Ooh. No, that's even in... Ooh. That's several times, but yes, that we'd pray in a fitting and proper way. So just, I just, yeah, there's so much depth that we can go into on that, but just the fact that he says, how much, when I daven, so like, when I daven, like, when, in time framing, that's, I mean, that's specifically Shakari, Minka, Marv. It's very clear. Specific times that he devotes himself to prayer. It's not just throughout the day, randomly, when he's using the, you know, whatever he's doing. So... And then the philos is, like you said, it's the specific prayers, Jewish prayers, you know, that are laid out, that are formal, that are set in stone. And then within those, there's a section where you can add informal prayers. And this would be the situation in which Shaul mentions them before God, because this is what we do when we daven. 
we stand before God, we, we kneel before God, we sit before God, um, uh, whatever your custom is, you know, and um, we're all three together. Right. All three is that, you know. And so just just to hone, hone that in to say this is completely Jewish, you know, he's, he hasn't broken off from um, the traditions at all, and we can see that here, so. I mean, um, really quick, I want to share uh, some commentary on Habakkuk 2.4, because talking about our faith, our prayers, our witness, uh, Habakkuk 2.4 says that the just will live by his emuna. And again, I, I mentioned this in the preface to the Agedit, to the Romans, that why is he writing to this Lapid congregation is to say uh, that we need to focus on understanding where does our justification come from and that our justification comes by our Amuna. And so if you're, if you're trying to seek justification from Hashem outside of having Amuna, then uh, you're going to be in some really interesting territory. So uh, this is from G Shekel on this week's commentary. He says that simply put, we are to recognize the existence of God and put our Amuna in him. Unless one proceeds from this point, following the ensuing commandments will become an exercise in futility. Now, Shaul obviously goes into that for like the rest of this letter. And that's why there has been the common confusion that, oh, yeah, Shaul said we don't need to follow Torah no more. We just need to believe in Hashem and we're good. And it's just like, OK, that's not the whole story. But anyway, um, last thing here, it says that Yitro did not convert until after uh, the drowning in the Yom Suf of the Egyptians. And then uh, Belam neither repented nor converted, and Job converted to the worship of Hakadosh Baruchu to the fear generated by his edus, his witnessing of the miracles. So why did I mention Yitro, Bilam, which is Balaam, the donkey rider, and uh, Job? Because these three were advisors to Paro back in Egypt. And so... Hashem was looking for these guys too to convert. And uh, furthermore, the commentary continues that why is this a good time to bring this up? Because as we're going through the giving of the Torah, we need to know the power of the Torah is found when someone who is completely adverse, someone who is completely against, someone completely who is far away from Torah converts. That is the power of the Torah to take someone who is estranged and cause them to be a son. So, all right. That's all I got on that. Wow, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the listeners understand, but it, uh, that was quoted also. I mean, Shaul, maybe, maybe um, G. Shekel brought that down, but Romans 117, which is in a couple of verses down from where we're at now. Ooh, come on, um, drop that. Quotes, drop that one. Come on, drop it. He, he quotes uh, Habakkuk. Two four, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, or muna to muna, as is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So he quotes. So, um, oh, and he's got some Galatians in there. So you want to go to you want to go to Galatia real quick? Uh, sure. Is it uh, three eleven? Three eleven. Mm-hmm. 
Appalachians 311. We're gonna do some, uh, we're gonna travel across to do a little puddle jump here. So if you read 311, it says, now it is clear that not one person is Yitzdak Im Hashem. Yitzdak is from the word Zedek. And if you add a Yod in front of Zedek, it becomes Yitzdak, which means Yezedek, like he shall be righteous. No one shall be righteous or justified with Hashem by the Torah. Because the Zadik Be'emunato Yichaye. That phrase, Zadik the Zadik Be'emunato by his Amuna Yichaye shall live, which is, and the righteous shall live by his faith. So, he's saying, now it is clear that if you're doing anything outside of having righteousness in Hashem, by having your faith in Hashem, if you're doing anything other than that, and trying to be completely on the right track, then he's just like, nope. So it's clear, you have to, again, as G. Shekel brought down, and as we just mentioned before, you pursue the mitzvot only after you've been a person of Amuna, a person who believes and trusts in Hashem with Amuna and Bitakon, then you begin the Shema. Then you begin to walk with Him. This is why you undergo the mikvah first. This is why before you do any of the mitzvot, you have to get circumcised. <laughs> you know, you have to cut off the wickedness, the evil in our hearts. You know, remove yourself from selfish desires, wickedness, worldliness. You have to start there. And you have to go, okay, Hashem, whatever you say, I'll do. Nasebenishma. That's how B'nai Yisrael started. Why is it any different for us? <laughs> it's not. So, okay. I realize I've been talking a lot in the... 30 minute timer just went off. <laughs> well, yeah, I know the time is yeah, pretty much up. So, um, I, I guess I did have one verse that I wanted to uh, kind of back up what you had said about the uh, the God is the witness, the fact that, you know, we are witnesses of God. Not only is he a witness of, you know, of us, mm. um, in that in Ishiyahu 62 6, it says, Ooh. On your walls, O Yushalayim, I have posted watchmen. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the name on Hashem shall take no rest for yourselves, nor give him any rest until he establishes Yerushalayim and makes her the praise of all the earth. <laughs> so Wow. Wow. <laughs> Did you, you have anything you wanted to put with that? I mean, that's pretty obvious right there, but that we we are we ourselves are calling forth as witnesses saying look at you know shem you know do as you have promised do as you have said you know where we don't make we don't let him be silent or, or let him let him forget you know the covenant just yeah. as we did in misraim that we cried out to Hashem and that you remembered the covenant Abraham and Sak and Yaakov and, wow. he, and then he acted wow I mean, well, um, I feel like I haven't uh, gotten an opportunity to let you like share anything. So I don't know if you have any of your insights that you've compiled that you may want to uh, share really quickly before we index our time. But I would definitely want to do that uh, just to 
just to do that because I think that'd be really nice. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I laid down some things already, but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you had definitely been bringing down some really good stuff. Um, one thing I I did note the fact that he he's using the word melek, and obviously, oftentimes when we say Hamashiach, you know, we we are thinking of him being his king, but even though that is predominantly meaning, you know, the anointed one, and so um, Shaul, when he uses Melech, he's obviously bringing more clarity to the reason as to why this Yeshua was anointed, because everyone that's anointed is anointed for a specific reason, and they're appointed to something, and so just the fact that he, as Yeshua had said, I was born to be a king, I was born to be a Melech, like, there's a reason why he's anointed, because there's priests that are anointed, there's others that have been anointed and are anointed. There's there's many Mishiachs actually in in you know um, in the Tanakh. That's right. Um, throughout time, throughout Judaism. So, um, but this specifically is for him being Malik, him being king. So there's 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 that. Um, so like the Mashiach well, the, of Mashiachs, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, yes, pretty much. Yeah, the anointed one of anointed ones. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, King of Kings. Um, Something, too, that I kind of had tied in with the fact that Ashul says God is my witness, and he is not. this is not specifically the only time that he speaks about um, and boasts or claims that God is my witness. You know, he, he says it throughout this letter and then in other aspects of his letter, or other letters of his, he also says that. And I know that I've heard, um, you know, scholars and other people you know, just scoffers, people that say, look, why is he trying to justify himself? Um, if he is, then he's illegitimate in his testimony about himself mm. and about how, he, you know, using this such a phrase. And then two, it's likened to a Yeshua as well. Um, Yeshua also does the same thing. He says um, in, in John, let's see here, John, I have it here, John 5, 36 and 37, and then Chapter oh, 8. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeshua says, if my testimony, you know, if you don't want to listen to my testimony, my father, my father's also witness to me, and he's also, he also bears witness. Oh. Um, and wow. cause they, cause they, would, they accuse him of not, of, well, you're a false witness. If you're just bearing witness on your own, then what, and what truth, you know, are you, no. so to say? So, um, and then I, but then I was like, okay, well, if this is true, like, is there some pr- more president, um, something to back this up? And I was thinking about Avraham and how he actually considered himself as his own bet Dean Ooh. and converted and circumcised himself Ooh. with him. Um, so his own witness is, is accepted by the large majority of, of, of the Jewry, you know, of the Jewish world. Oh um, my goodness. Shaul's and Yeshua's word with regard to bearing witness to themselves. Did you really just tie together and connect Avraham, Yeshua, Hamashiach, and Shaul about the witness? <laughs> oh my word. That's amazing. You know, no one ever really takes some time to say la that Yaakov or uh, Avraham did not have a bait dean. <laughs> and right. you know, when he got circumcised, yes, Mamra was there. Yes, his household was there, but 
really when when we find that Abraham comes to faith in Hashem and truly converts and begins to walk with Hashem, it's just him and Hashem. <laughs> so that's beautiful, Habibi. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he was the forerunner in in the movement. Obviously, I mean, him denying all his false idols and gods and such. So, well, for sure. Hashem. Well, tell us about. I mean, we we had, you know there was talk about how Yetro is kind of the father of the, um, of the uncircumcised or the converts, which is true for the for very much so. Um, but as we as we see in, in Shaul's letters, he brings down that Avraham is really the father of us all, um, both converts and and native born Jews. That he before he was circumcised according to the flesh, he had a Muna and um, had a circumcision that was of the heart. Um, at first, which is, which as Rabbi had brought down, um, the whole the whole aspect of, of physical circumcision mm. is that it's very uh, intimate, uh, deep, um, you know, aspect of of man. Wow! And so it too it testifies just the fact that it, the the Torah has penetrated to the very depths of the soul um, to our you know to converts to Abraham. So wow. Well, get you and some. <laughs> Thank you, Hashem, for your illumination. Todah Rabbah for the opportunity to dive into your word. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your light. Thank you for Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. All right, Habibi. Well, close us out. All right. Baruch Adonai. Ashir Krikobani Komi Homin, Venatalata Nolet Natora, Barukata Adonai, Notaina Torah. Amen. Toda Rabbah Habibi, bless you. May you have wonderful illuminations as you continue in your studies this week. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. We are so like, mind blown that we get the opportunity to do this so thank you for partying with us and may you have a blessed Shavuotov as well so this is Shama Man and Ner Yarok and we are saying Shalom and Shavuotov Shalom Shavuotov Shalom <laughs>